Thank you for listening to the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. Joel 2.28 It shall come to pass afterward. Everybody say afterward. It's not here yet. It's coming later. King James says in the last days that I, God is speaking, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams. Young men will see visions. I had a vision not too long ago that gave me hope. I really did. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens. Verse 31, the sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the awesome day of the Lord. 32, it shall come to pass. Not yet, but it's coming. That whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. From this passage, if the Lord will help me, I would like to edify your hearts on this subject. Something is coming. Hallelujah. (laughs) Something is coming. Come on, clap your hands and thank the Lord for it right now. Something's coming. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless all of you today. Young man was preaching one of his very first sermons. He was excited. He was pacing back and forth in this very small building, this church building. The front row was just a few feet from the pulpit. And at the top of his voice, he was declaring, Behold! I come quickly. And he kept repeating that and repeating that and repeating that. And he got all fired up and he was on the edge of the platform and he lost his balance and he fell right into the lap of a first time guest female who was a little bit elderly. And he looked up at her a little chagrin. She said, well, why should I not be surprised? You've been trying to warn me for the last 15 minutes. Amen. Joel uttered this prophecy 800 years before the event that he declared. We can't even comprehend 800 years. We only go back about 400 years in America. But 800 years, at least for uh, the non-natives, I'll say. And Joel is saying things that he may not even believe. But God trumped him. In Joel's day, only the prophets prophesied. Joel said something's coming. Sons and daughters are going to prophesy. In Joel's day, there was sort of a caste system. But God said in the last days, servants are going to have it. Maid servants, men servants, slaves... From the highest of society to the lowest society. I don't think Joel believed that. And here's one thing he for sure didn't believe when he said all flesh are going to be filled 
with the spirit. Amen. That means black flesh, white flesh, yellow flesh, brown flesh, red flesh. Joel didn't believe it, but God didn't care if he believed it or not. God said, this is my plan and I'm going to do it whether you like it or not. (laughs) So as you read the Old Testament, you have this profound sense that something is coming that is not here yet. As early as the fall in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3.15, God speaks to the serpent that beguiled the woman. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Amen. Even as early as the first sinner, God gave us hope that something is coming that's going to break the curse. It's going to break the bondage. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not here yet, but it's coming. Isaiah 28, 11. Listen to this. This is amazing. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. Everybody say stammering lips. Say another tongue. That doesn't fit some Christians theology today, but it fits the theology of the life church today because it's in the Bible. Just think with me for a minute about Isaiah. He clearly saw Messiah, perhaps more so than any other prophet of the Old Testament. Chapter 53, he said, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah saw him. He saw this Messiah. He saw this God man. He saw God manifested in flesh and Isaiah perhaps got in a spirit of prayer brother Ron one morning and as he's praying the Holy Spirit begins to hover around him. Amen. He can't receive the Holy Spirit yet. The Bible clearly says that but that doesn't mean he couldn't feel the Holy Spirit. Maybe just like the Old Testament high priest once a year on the day of atonement when the Shekinah glory of God would come down and lick up the blood and he would dance and he would shout and he would declare it is finished when he came out of the tabernacle. And I just wonder if in that moment of the spiritual impartation of God that even Isaiah had stammering lips. I don't have Bible for that, but Just work with me on that. Everybody all right? Listen to what he said in verse 43, 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Everybody say new thing. Now it shall spring forth. I mean, look at the language. It wasn't here a moment ago and now boom. It sprung on you. I got some help coming from right over here. Praise God. I'm going to do a new thing. God said, shall you not know it? I'm going to put a road in a wilderness. I'm going to put rivers in the desert. This people I formed for myself, they shall declare your name. Am I preaching anybody that knows about a God that can put a road in a wilderness? He can put a stream in a desert. 
He can call those things that be not as though they were. I'm preaching the former dry, dead, plucked up by the root desert, but he put a river of living water. It's a new thing. Somebody shout new thing. Oh, Isaiah said he's coming. You may be seated. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. Then again, 18, 31 and 36, 26, three times. Ezekiel said, I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within them. I'm going to take out the heart of their flesh. It's stony. It's hard. It's brutal. It's mean. It's ugly. It's nasty. I'm taking that out. I'm giving them a heart of flesh. Ezekiel saw a new spirit coming. He saw a wheel in the middle of a wheel. Hallelujah. Hey, man. He saw a new spirit. He couldn't receive it. It wasn't ready. Oh, he probably was in the spirit and he knew he was on the edge of something. He knew something was out there somewhere, but he couldn't get it because it wasn't time yet. And even in New Testament passages, they point back to the anticipation of the Old Testament about what was coming. Look at Revelation 13, 8. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, speaking of the Antichrist, whose names have not been written in the book of life. Come on, you better get your name in the book of life. Come on, get your name written. What book of life? The Lamb's book of life. Look at this. He said, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Before there was a sinner, before there was a sin. If you would read a chronological Bible, perhaps the first verse in the Bible would not be Genesis 1-1, but it would be John 1-1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Praise God. Perhaps the second verse in all the Bible would be Revelation 13:8, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Can I tell you something? You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. Amen. You are not the figment of somebody's imagination. Amen. God saw you when he was forming the world. God saw you before he was ever on the cross. Amen. God wasn't caught off guard when Adam and Eve sinned. God said, oh, I've already got that covered. I've already taken care of that. You see, I'm the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You see, devil, you seduced Adam and Eve, but I've already got it taken care of. I'm already envisioning a time when I'm going to remove the curse. I'm going to take away the blight of sin. I'm the lamb slain. I'm the crucified Messiah from the foundation of the world. Oh, I'm telling somebody today, when he was on the cross, you were on his mind. Amen. And such were some of you. But you are washed. You are cleansed. You are sanctified and justified by the Spirit. Clap your hands if you believe it. The Bible even says, 1 Peter 1.12, that the angels wanted to check it out. <laughs> they knew something was coming. We know 
Gabriel sure enough knew he was the messenger. Called his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. But he still didn't know really everything that God had planned. The patriarchs were looking forward to it. Hebrews eleven thirty nine. They obtained a good testimony through faith, yet they did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us. Aren't you glad you're in the us? Come on, are you glad you're in the us? Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody said, oh, I wish I could have been Daniel walking in the lion's den. I wish I could have been Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the fourth man was in the fire. Listen, I wouldn't trade places with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I wouldn't play traces with Daniel. I wouldn't trade places with Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, or, or Zebulun, or Naphtali, or Manasseh, or Joseph. I wouldn't trade. They would trade places with you today. Amen. The patriarchs would trade places because that which was coming has come. Come on, it's here. I said it's here. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody clap your hands and shout, it's here. (laughs) Even when you read the Gospels, that's the advent of Jesus, his birth. And yet the gospels are still telling us it's not here yet. It's not here yet. Messiah's here. The Lamb of God's here. But what's coming is not here yet. Luke 16, Luke 3, 16, John the Baptist said, I'm baptizing with water. But one mightier than I is what? He's coming. I can't even, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Listen, Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, he said, now, Jesus has showed forth this. That means he's poured out this, which you now see in here. Peter identified Jesus as a baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you don't receive one third of the alleged Godhead, but you receive the spirit of the one true and living God. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the baptizer. John 20, 22, Jesus breathed on them. He said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. See, that was right before the ascension, but they still didn't receive it yet. It's still coming. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, but it hasn't come yet, but it's just a few days away. Get ready. Go back into the upper room and tarry until there be power from on high. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Don't miss it. It's 4,000 years building up. It's 4,000 years of prophets and prophecies. It's angels looking at it. It's patriots 
patriarchs looking at it. It's, amen, Adam and Eve looking at it. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Here it is, like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongue like as a fire. And it sat upon each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Oh, somebody lift your hands and shout, it's here. Come on, rejoice. Come on, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's coming to you and to your children. Oh, come on, it's here. Hey, listen, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, nobody will have to tell you you were filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't let anybody tell you you were filled with the Holy Ghost. God will tell you. You'll know it because you'll see it and you'll hear it. That's what the Bible says. Peter said, God has shed for this which you now see and hear. Listen, how many are testimonies today? You've got a before and after picture. Before the Holy Spirit and after. What was your first name again? Trina. Trina. She got a before and after picture last Sunday. Right up here. She got delivered. Then she got filled with the Holy Ghost. Then she got baptized in the name of the Lord. I'm talking about a before and after picture. Hallelujah. I mean, look at it. Before the Holy Spirit came after the resurrection, the disciples are hunkered down. They're locked behind doors and windows. They're scared of their own shadow. The Romans are going to come and kill them like they did Jesus. They don't know what to do about it. But the day of Pentecost comes. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. They're out on the streets. They're casting out devils. They're baptizing in the name of the Lord. Peter said, whether it be right or not to hearken unto you more than under God, judge ye. But we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And the Bible said, with great boldness, they declared the word of the Lord. Oh, when that which is perfect is come. Amen. It'll give you boldness. It'll give you authority. There'll be a before and after picture in your life. Come on. Is anybody here thankful to be delivered? Are there any former drug addicts here today? Are there any former alcoholics here today? Are there any former whoremongers here today? Are there any former people that were addicted to pornography? But he came and set you free. Oh, stand with me. Stand with me. Hallelujah. I don't know if you ever picked up on it, but... In Joel's prophecy, he said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. But when Peter, 800 years later, reaches back under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he quotes Joel, he brings a revelation into the prophecy. What about that? He brought revelation to a prophecy. He brought more revelation to a revelation. Ha! Joel said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And when Peter quoted it, he said, thus says the Lord, I will pour out of 
my spirit. In other words, he already sent the spirit into the world. It's in the church. It's in you. It's in me. It's in the church, the triumphant church. It's already here. Come on, somebody shout, it's here. Listen, when God fills you with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't have to come all the way from heaven anymore. It's already come from heaven. It's from God. Oh, it's from the Lord. But it's here. Paul said, those of you who were far away have been brought near. (laughs) Jesus said, when you see devils cast out and sicknesses healed, know that the kingdom of God has come near. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's closer than near. It's in you. Amen. Jesus said, I am with you, but I shall be in you. If you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit today, it's not close to you. It's not near to you. It is in you. Paul said, Christ in you. The hope of glory. I want the praise team to come up here and help me today. You know what we're going to do right now? We're going to celebrate that something that was coming is here. Come on. It's here. Amorous. He filled you with the Spirit just a few days ago. One moment it wasn't there. The next moment you hear it and we see it. You're speaking with tongues. Look at that smile on that face. She's embarrassed. Oh, I love to embarrass people that have just been filled with the Holy Ghost. How many are thankful for the touch of God in your life? Amen. Where's where's Grant? I want Grant to come up here. Come here, Grant. Come here. Jump up here. Hurry up. Just like a soccer player. Get up here. Jump up. So on Pentecost Sunday, 9 a.m. His dad told me Grant really didn't pay much attention to the sermon. But I forgive you, my son. But he said, Dad, when Pastor had us repent, I repented. He was standing right there. Right there. Right there or were you right there? See, when you get the Holy Ghost, you remember where you were. Nobody said, yeah, I don't know. Sort of, you know, just whoop, there it was. No, no. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> and he said, Pastor had to shout Jesus. But what happened when you shouted Jesus, Grant? I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he said, Dad, I couldn't even say Jesus. I just started speaking in tongues. somebody worship him right now you need something to come upon you right now you need the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you right now do you need to be encouraged
spirit? Do you need to be blessed? Do you need to be healed? Do you need to be filled? Do you need to be changed? The presence of the Lord. Here's what we're going to do. I'm turning this altar into the dance floor. I said, I'm turning this altar into the dance floor and the dance floor is now open. We're just going to celebrate Pentecost right now. Come on, young people. Come on, youth campers. Are there any worshipers in the house? Come on, are there any painters in the house? Get on up here. The presence of the Lord is here. It's here. The presence of the Lord is oh, here. Oh, somebody need to shout it here.